Hey everybody, in today's episode, artist and songwriter Patrick Mayberry joins Matt McCoy to talk about how to navigate seasons of change as a worship leader. So if you're considering a move or changing churches or accepting a new position, this is an awesome interview. They really dive in and give practical tips for how to handle this transition. Enjoy. Oh, hello there. Welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of Loop Community, and I am the host of the Loop Live show. And today we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere people are watching live videos. And we have a special guest today. We've got my good friend, Patrick Mayberry. Patrick is a worship leader, a songwriter. He wrote this song called Breakthrough Miracle Power and a bunch of other songs that you've uh, probably heard, hopefully, and he's also a uh, world-renowned shuffleboard champion. And we are really looking forward to talking with him today about change and navigating change as a worship leader. And I think this is going to apply for whether you're a worship leader or whatever role you're in. Maybe you're a pastor. Maybe you're on staff at a church. Maybe you work somewhere totally different. And you're just feeling a sense of change happening in your life right now. And maybe you don't know what that change is. Or maybe you do, and you just don't know how to navigate that and make that transition. So we're going to talk about all of that with Patrick. Really looking forward to it. Wherever you're watching this video, type down in the comments what city you're watching from. And also, we're going to be taking live questions. So if you have any questions for Patrick um, for, about what we're talking about, type it into the comment box on YouTube, on Facebook, and we might feature your question and answer it live here on the Loop Live show. So without further ado, here is... Patrick Mayberry. Patrick. Woo! What's up, man? I made Welcome. It. I made it. God, so, this is awesome. So glad you're here, man. It's been a long time. I loved, I loved your your sipping coffee. And, oh, sorry, oh, yeah. I didn't see you there. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I know. It's it's empty. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Just, but you faked the sound effect really well. I got to put the uh, make sure the ad placement is correct right there. So Patrick, where you used, I knew you when you lived here in Chicago because I'm downtown Chicago right now, and you and I met down here in Chicago. Oh, actually, buddy! And now you're not there. You're not. You're not in Chicago. What's going on? Where are you? Don't. It's funny, Matt. We actually met before I lived in Chicago. That fateful night we went to Lou Malnati's together with none other than the owner, Mark Malnati, for the VIP experience. You're right. Um, I forgot that, about I think that. that was that was like my first time to have Lou Malnati's pizza. Yeah. It was awesome. And what I remember fun... as we were driving there, he like called the restaurant. Yes. And they're, and they're like, yeah, we, we're not seating anybody. And he's like, what do you mean? And he did it like undercover boss. He was like, what do you yes. mean you're not seating anybody? They didn't know who, who they were oh. talking to. He said, put me through to the manager. Who's managing tonight? Put me through to the manager. And I was in the back seat like, oh, gosh, what is happening right now? I know. I would have hated oh. to be that employee who answered the phone. Dude, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, right after that, me and my wife and our two kids moved to Chicago. And I was the worship pastor at Soul City Church for almost eight years. And then uh, we kind of went on a God kind of invited us to go on a crazy faith journey and move away from Chicago um, and um, move to Franklin, Tennessee. 
Wow. And it's been quite the adventure. And what's crazy is I'm still super involved with Soul City. I You're am, flying in and playing? Yeah. Yeah. I go back at least once a month and I'm in a different role now, uh, yeah. which we can talk more about that, which I never in a million years, it, 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 it all worked out wilder and crazier than I ever would have imagined. Uh, yeah. And so that's awesome. I'm super grateful. But yeah, dude, we've to... we've almost we've almost been in Franklin for almost a year, and it's wow. awesome. Congrats, man! Wow, I do want to hear more about that in detail. Going back though to when you started feeling this sense of transition, are you able to yeah. share at all? Like, what was like the pivotal moment? Like, what what happened? When did you what, what did it mean when you feel when you say like you sensed a transition? To move? yeah, like did something happen? So yeah, so I. Um, Oh, where do I begin? Um, I, I think that I started it, it honestly, there was a tipping point. <clears throat> I'd, I'd been a writer for a label, uh, here in Franklin and I'd been traveling back maybe once a month or so and, uh, for writing trips and just, I, I just have such a heart for, um, writing songs that connect with people in, 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 I guess in the medium is in, in churches, local bodies that people can really connect with and, and kind of take these songs as their own and be like, Hey, I identify with that. Oh, I, I, I see myself in that. And, um, songs that just really help change people's perspectives of who God is and who they are and how those two things relate. And so I would just come and I would do these writing trips where I was, you know, worship pastor and, and kind of doing the day-to-day, uh, leading my team, leading volunteers, planning, you know, planning set lists, planning services. And, and I would always had a big heart for writing songs for our own church and, you know, kind of capturing the stories and the testimonies of what God was doing within our four walls. And, um, <clears throat> so really long story short, I had this tipping point where I went to this conference in London uh, our whole church staff actually went, which was awesome. Um, and just felt like I was totally blindsided by the Holy Spirit and was just kind of like undone in a um, kind of a way that has, hasn't happened to me before. And I felt like God just kind of was breaking down a lot of insecurities in me and, and kind of saying like, hey, this is who I created you to be. Um why are you kind of like, I, I was kind of self-sabotaging myself and a lot of it related around a lot of artistry and kind of believing in, you know, who am I, what do I have to say that would even matter to, you know, God or that would matter to anybody else. And God just began to kind of really like invite me to be like, dude, I never said those things were true about you. So let them go. Um, and so that began this long process of me choosing to like be like, okay, do I have something to offer? And this is all, I don't want to get super meta with it all, but basically it just got to a spot where I'm like, I feel like God has called me to use my unique gifts and my past and my history to write, not that I'm doing anything world changing, but to just to be true to who I am and write the songs that I believe God has called me to do and really wanted to steward that gift really well. So yeah, Franklin, Tennessee is like a huge, you know, a huge hub for, um, 
it has just influence of of kind of church music culture and and i just felt so strong that we needed to try to figure out how to get here and kind of like dive in head first into all of it and 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 also you know it's it's closer to our hometown so we have young kids and so that was nice to be closer to family um so can i yeah, pause you there it, <clears throat> yeah so a bunch of doors started opening for you to write songs what came yeah. first was it were doors starting to open to like write music and then that's when you went to the conference in london and like that was the moment that kind of just you kind of felt like you needed to do this and that was like the final push or like did you feel like you needed to make a change before and then you like stepped out made the change and then like all these doors started opening yeah you know no i i think i had just been uh just trying to be really faithful to where God had me in Chicago and at Soul City and those that's my people that's my church body those the songs that I was writing those songs were for our people from our people it's like you know the song breakthrough miracle power that song was literally written like inspired by I was sitting on the front row one Sunday at church and I was thinking about a friend who was struggling with some chronic back pain that was like putting him out of work and some other friends who were struggling in their marriage. And I thought, you know, and, and I was also kind of wrestling with some stuff myself, like feeling this sense of, you know, how do I just, you know, I think God has invited us into this faith journey, but I don't know logically how it's going to work out. And I just remember thinking like, well, you know, I see God doing all these crazy things in, in the Bible, these Old Testament miracles, these epic defying logic kind of breakthrough crazy miracles. And then I was like, yeah, it's like I need God like to show up with that like breakthrough miracle kind of power. And that kind of like birthed that song. And literally, <laughs> I remember finishing it up and we were going to lead it the Sunday COVID happened. Like, so that oh, wow. song never got played at our church, but that song was written for people at Soul City. And so it's just crazy that fast forward, I turn it into my label and they're like, wow, this song's awesome. And that was kind of a tipping point for me of they were like, you know, what if you released it? What if you recorded it and released it? And yeah. um, that song just kind of it's so the conference in London was more of a tipping point of. Inter an internal tipping point of yeah. I think God's inviting me something. So it was actually six months after um, going to London. I was just investigating and being like, okay, God, here's where I think you're leading me. So I'm just going to keep just kind of like investigating this, praying about it before I, I think I talked with my wife about it and I hadn't shared with anybody and then I, I remember the, the, the day, like I was so nervous about sharing with our leadership at Soul City. Yeah. Like, hey guys, uh, I remember saying like, everything I'm about to share with you, it's your fault because you're the ones who took me to London. You did this, <laughs> so you can't blame me. Um, and I just remember sharing like, guys, I got to tell you what God's been doing to me. For the last six months, it all started in London, and I feel like God opened a door that I don't know yeah. how to close. And and I was afraid that I would have been met with 
disappointment and, you know, feeling like I had kind of built our worship ministry at Soul City and, you know, it was scary, but it, it was nothing with Soul City. It was literally geography. It was that Franklin was Franklin and Soul City was in Chicago. And um, I was met with so much like, <laughs> like it was unreal. They were like, yeah, we totally see it. Like we wow. affirm this. So yeah. what can we do to get behind this? How can we fan this flame even more? Um, and then that kind of began a, a a process of kind of praying and discerning with our leadership and me and my wife for the next couple of months. And then COVID happened and that was a whole crazy thing of like, what is happening? How is this going to happen? And God was just, it's just unreal. Like how doors kept kind of opening, but we also had to keep moving forward. And I'm learning more and more that it's literally like, that Rich Mullins song, like step by step, you'll lead me. It's literally a step at a time, trusting that God said this one thing. And it's almost like we had to keep checking in, like, God, are you still saying this? Okay, we'll take a step. Okay, God, are you still saying this? We'll take another step. And it was kind of crazy how it all kind of panned out to where, to where I am now. That's awesome, man. So now that you've kind of been through that process, what would you tell a worship leader who is right now like, or, or maybe they're just on staff at a church, pastor, whatever. Yeah. They're sensing a change and maybe they know what that is, uh, like you were sensing it. How early do you think they should actually go to their leaders and, and have that conversation? Like, how do you even address that? Yeah. Well, one thing I've learned from our pastors at Soul City is they always say, we would much rather sit down and have a conversation than you walk in with a conclusion. And I have just like kind of clung to that. And I believe yeah. that it's way easier. I'm crazy enough to think that people love me and that they value yeah. me on their team. And yeah. so, and, and I believe that because it's been proven to me. Um, and so I think for people who are contemplating a change or a transition, if you feel it, like if you're married and you like, if your spouse is feeling it too, I think our spouses, you know, are so much wiser. It, they're just, they just have a different perspective because they're not as in it as we are, you know, and everybody feels like, yeah, I think it's time. I would encourage, encourage, encourage anyone like if you trust your leadership and you think that they trust you, go have a conversation before you say, Hey, uh, thanks for giving me a job for the last 10 years, but I'm found another better job. I'm out of here. I'm leaving in two weeks. Like that's not fun. Don't do that. That's yeah. Give them some time to play. Like, like, cause you have no idea what, what, what God's doing behind the scenes. Like if you're unhappy in your position, like, and you go share like, Hey, I I just want to have a conversation about this. Here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling some tension. I'm feeling, I would rather be doing, I feel more called into this. I would rather be doing more of this. Could we talk about this? I don't think anybody wants to hire disgruntled, unhappy employees. Like, 
I think a pastor or a boss that really loves the organization and loves the people wants to see people thrive. And I've experienced that firsthand. So I'm even a bigger believer in it. So I think some church staff might be afraid to bring it up because they think that the minute I bring this up, my church is going to start saying bye bye. You know, like yeah. pack your bags, like see it. You know, we're we're getting rid of you in two weeks, and it's like, whoa, I wasn't ready to leave in two weeks. Like I was thinking maybe you know, three or six months. Actually, how much time did you, from when you told them, did you actually leave? Was it? Did you say it was six months or was it? No, uh, I, me and my wife were discerning and praying and investigating for about six months before I ever even opened that door of yeah. And you know, my pastors planted soul city a little over 10 years ago they were on staff at another church and they transitioned so i kind of was like hey i want to hear your story when did you decide you had this amazing job at an amazing church what was it like for you when god called you out yeah Uh, because that's everyone's story i mean yeah I think God could definitely call people into the exact same ministry for their life, but that's honestly yeah. not typically the story. So everyone. So how much has time a- did you give them? So, so again, I didn't give them a time. I said, here's what we're feeling. Here's what we're sensing. I would love your wisdom. Yeah. I think right. I have to move, and I don't know what this looks like. And, it was kind of like a joint like, hey, we're going to so link arms and do this together, yeah. We did it together, man. And and I thought it was going to be, I had to leave Soul City staff. I love you guys. What an amazing eight years. I'm so sad. My family and community is here. I love this church. But through that discernment process, so this was like, I shared in December. We left in August of, of the next year. So granted, COVID slowed things down. But I mean... January, February, March, April, May, June, July, seven, seven months. And we just talked it out. And we're like, they were like, okay, what if you moved, but you moved into a different role here and you were still involved. And it doesn't mean that you leave the church. It doesn't mean that we cut ties. Um, And it, I couldn't have come up with that on my own. And that's, I think the thing when you get into a spot where, you're wanting out or you're wanting something different which happens i would say don't get isolated if you love and trust your leadership which if you don't you probably shouldn't work at that church you probably need to quit tomorrow if you don't love and trust the leadership let me say that um but invite them into the conversation because i would say they're listening to the holy spirit as well they care about you and they're invested in you. So it might turn out where they're like, okay, yeah, I think you should do that, but you should do it here. Let's, let's, I've been sensing that needs to happen too. We need to create a whole nother job for you that lets you do that. Or we need to get you more support for those tasks that you're not wired for that are bogging you down and keeping you from doing the things God has called you into. Or yeah, Let's get some budget money and let's create that ministry you've been dying to create. Yeah, yeah. I just think when you get isolated and get in your head, you start writing stories. And and maybe I'm just an idiot, but my pastors are – I think they're my biggest fans. Um, 
Jarrett and Jeannie. So, they're awesome. Jarrett and Jeannie Stevens. Biggest fans. If you're watching, yeah. we're big I'm Jarrett a and Jeannie, Jeannie fans over at the McCoy household. Yeah. So how do you help your church transition? If you know that you're leaving, you know, you're not going to yeah. be there in like three months, six months. How do you help them yeah. to make that transition really smooth? Oh, buddy. Um, well, you know, the thing like when you graduate, you're about to graduate high school and you can get senioritis uh, and you're like, well, I'm just not going to do anything and write it out. You don't do that. You don't do that at all. You work double time harder for the next however much time it is. Uh, I'm not a super strategic thinker. So get with a super strategic thinker and figure out how to do it. And what's harder is I kind of transitioned in the middle of COVID. So that made it even more interesting. But thankfully, you know, I was, I was like, hey, I know exactly who needs to take my spot. And it's a person who has been at Soul City before me, loves the culture, knows the culture, is deeply yeah. invested and respected. And I was like, this is the person hands down who needs to take over and will crush this position far more than I will. Um, and so I wanted to help identify who that person was. I brought that, you know, once we kind of got to that spot in the conversation and we kind of began that conversation and started bringing in the right people on staff who needed to know and started to kind of put a plan together of like, how do we transition this smoothly? And then, you know, uh, our leadership kind of chose when's the best time to share it with the elders. When's the best time to share it with the staff? When's yeah. the best time to share it with the church? And yeah, um, and and so it was really just getting a strategic plan. And here's the thing: a strategic plan takes time. So that can't happen in two weeks. That can't happen. You know, I get it. Like people say, give your two weeks notice. Like, don't do that. Like. Yeah. We're, we're, we're work like church world's funny because it is a job, but we're balancing, we're balancing, you know, team and honestly a little bit of family dynamics and friend dynamics. Like just try to honor people, honor yeah. people, honor your leadership, honor your volunteer team. Like as, as slow and as thorough as you can do it do it but also you know you don't i think just working with your leadership and and trusting yeah. them you, i can get you don't want to drag it out too long um yeah but i love that you yeah, mentioned the i love you mentioned the senioritis because i was just actually yeah. thinking back to like how it's funny how when people are getting ready to leave the home and go to college like those last like couple yeah. of months like kids start arguing with their parents so much and like right it just gets tense right and like the kids are ready to leave the parents are ready for them to leave and you don't want to create that situation at your church. And I've left a few churches to go to different jobs and different changes. And I'll say, like, looking back, I'm like, man, you, it's so important to just leave well. Like, you don't oh, want to, yeah. you see some people, like, spend 10 years at a church, you know, really building relationships and building a fruitful ministry. And then just, like, nuking it all, like, in the last two weeks. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, just leave well. Like, don't burn bridges. Like, like write everybody like a note like just like encouraging them and thanking them for like what they've done and maybe like humble yourself and like ask your boss like hey you know like you've worked with me for 10 years like what what areas do you see that I could grow in or like or and then thank them for how they've poured into you and 
It's just so important yeah. to leave well and not burn a bridge. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and my, my thing was a little different because I, I am still very much like, yeah, you're still there. Like I'm still, I'm just physically not there as often, but it's kind of the best of uh, both worlds. It really is. Um, and, and again, that wouldn't have happened on my own. If I had yeah. walked in and said, Hey guys, God's calling me to, I feel like God's calling me to move to Franklin. I'm going to do it. I'm out. Thanks for everything. Have a nice yeah. life. Um, without honestly, the, the creative vision of Jarrett and Jeannie, I would, that wouldn't have happened. So it's like, you never know. You never know yeah. if you just yeah. are open to having that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just came up Not with a solution together. Yeah. Team, hey, we yeah. say around here, teamwork makes the dream work. And so Amen. like you've got this dream and like you brought Jarrett and Jeannie in on it with you. And then yeah. it, was, it helped you know, create a situation that's good for everybody. Yeah. What would you tell Absolutely. a worship leader who's like in their role right now and they're really frustrated? Maybe they just don't want to do it anymore or they're frustrated with their role and they like want to change, but they aren't even sure <laughs> what they would even do. Like it could be anything. It's like, do I go sell insurance? Do I become a realtor? Do I find another church? Like. What would you say someone who's completely lost, literally, but they're unhappy? Oh, buddy. Um, That's a hard one, man. That is. And, um, oh, I'm even thinking about friends who have been in that scenario. And I don't want to say something that's insensitive to someone who's in that season right now. Um, I get it. I mean, it's hard. Leading worship is hard because. Sunday happens every seven days. I feel like the bar is getting even higher and higher on local worship pastors who are leading volunteer teams to deliver this incredible experience. You know, you're trying to match your pastor loves this new record that they probably spent a hundred thousand dollars on to make it with professionals and it's, you know, live, but it's actually not live at all because it's been like fine tooth comb, you know, overdubbed yeah, right. and edited. Right. And, and you're just like trying your darndest, your best. You're yeah. even doing midweek rehearsals, which I know a lot of people, I saw you were talking to somebody about that recently. And you're trying everything. You're using Loop Community. You've got Prime cooking on yeah. stage and you got all the tracks going. And you got that drummer who still shows up late and he doesn't learn the songs and you've got those vocalists who just can't nail the pitch like you need them to. And you're trying and it's just exhausting and defeating. Yeah. Um, and, and you could jump over to that other church. That's like the way better yeah. gig and they're paying better and it's the best people. And I don't have an answer other than this is like such a cliche answer, but like what is God uniquely inviting you to do are you asking him that daily and in are are you chasing after it because i think god has probably told some people like yeah like you sh i want you to go to a new ministry i want you to go to a new thing but also god might just be saying for this season not yet he might not be saying no but he might just be saying not yet i'm not done like refining you like i know you don't get along with your production director um, but I, I want you to like keep refining 
and keep trudging it out and know that I I'm I'm in it with you. Like yeah. I actually love that church and that body more than you do. That's what you have to remind yourself is like God actually cares about it way more than we do. Um, and so there's not a, a definitive answer for that. I, I just think it's a personal thing of like asking God, well, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? This is hard and it sucks. Like I actually yeah. don't like it. I'm not having any fun. I, I might hate it. Like, yeah. what do you, what, what are you calling me to do? What is my unique role in all of this? Do I just need to go to my pastor and say, Hey, I need to blow all this up for a couple of months or, and we need to rethink everything. And I need to, here's what I think God's calling us to do. And if we don't do it, not an ultimatum, but it's like, I'm going to lose my soul here. Yeah, um, right. So, you know. I know this one does kind of come down to like, you really have to be listening to the Holy Spirit and just being like, and, and, and figuring out like, is this something that God's wanting me to just to take a really bold step, you know, step out of the boat and like, there's no clear path, but I'm trusting that God yeah. has something or if he's just kind of like, you know, just wait it out. You know, he'll open a door when it's time to go do something else. I don't know. That's It's a tricky question for sure. And, and I've, and I've not, been in both not, scenarios. Yeah. And not writing off that God might be doing something in you or something in the church that if you just write it out yeah, or keep pushing, like God... It's done crazier stuff like he yeah. like is in the business of like resurrecting or making old things new and so what if you are in a position of pioneering and, and pioneering is exhausting like being out on the front and, and in the grind is exhausting but what if God's inviting you and you're on the cusp of a brand new thing with your ministry and it's like just like you're the guy you're the girl yeah who's going to usher in a whole new thing at your church that had you quit or had you gotten out, you know, two weeks earlier, it would have never happened. And, you know, all that to say, back to what you said, it's uniquely, what is God calling you to do? Um, yeah. But it gets hard. Man. Comparison is hard. Like you get on Instagram and you see this ministry crushing, or you see these people writing these songs and you're yeah. just like, what am I doing? This my situation is terrible. I wish I could do that when you don't realize all the good things God's actually doing. And, you know, yeah. I, I think being on the ground connected with your church, like find out what, you know, old Bill who loves your church, find out what Bill thinks about your ministry. Bill might be like, I come every Sunday and I'm an accountant. And I'm in my head every day and I come here and I shut the world off. And when you sing and when those songs, you play those songs, I've never felt so close to God before. Or, right. or talk to, you know, talk to people in your church and find out, like, get to know yeah. them. Like, those, that's why you're in it. You're in it for your local body. Like, God uniquely created you in your unique body to steward and be faithful to that thing. Yeah. So... You know, that's it's good, just man. and anything extra, that's that's just crazy. And that's just God yeah. blowing your mind to be like, Oh buddy, you just wait. You don't even know what's in store. Yeah. Um But it's like when did the days of leading really great Holy Spirit led worship 
on a Sunday morning at your church, like when did that become not the thing? That's it. If you're doing that, you're doing it. Like you're winning. Yeah. You're crushing ministry. It, and I didn't say excellent, really good worship. I said like, like intentional Holy Spirit led worship. That could be you on your guitar, you and your piano with a cajon player who's 14 years old, who can't keep rhythm, but you're trying to be intentional and you're just saying, okay, God, what do you want to do with us today in our church? We've planned our set. We've prepared. The rest is up to you. If you don't show up, we're toast, man. Um, And that's it. That's like, you're hitting it out of the park. Like you're, you're doing it. Like you're, you're crushing the worship game. Yeah. That's so good, man. You just nailed it. And I do think that we let these negative influences, like um, we just let it steal our joy, like the comparison you mentioned on social media. Or let's jam on this for a little bit. What about like regret? So, you know, you're talking about this step-by-step song, you know, where you make these decisions, like you feel like you need to make a change and you ask, hey God, like, are you in this? Like, is this right? And you sense that it is, but maybe you don't know for sure, like 100%, but you sense that that is where God's leading you or maybe he's not shutting any doors and so you make the step, right? What do you do though if you've made some steps and then you are like, you hit you hit a wall and you're like, ah, oh no, like did I maybe take a step that I wasn't supposed to? Like I thought God was telling me I should do this, but now I'm regretting it or thinking I maybe shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. Cause that's another killer of joy, you know, like there's the comparison and there's also just like regret of like decisions. Right. I think twofold. I think going back to what we said, can't undersell this, that conversation piece and inviting more people that you trust. Yeah. A a wise counselor, your pastor, uh, getting more people involved who maybe got a little few more years on you uh, or have walked through transitions before getting those people involved so that that might could save you the regret. Um, I can't undersell that, but yeah, there's the proverb, right? Of like plan succeed with many advisors. Yeah. But, but I would say like, don't go rogue. Don't go rogue and just bail. Like, I think that's what's going to lead to regret. And I struggle with regret because I think that God actually loves us enough that he's really guiding our steps. And, and if you're trying your best to discern and follow where you think the Holy Spirit is leading you for that day, just go with it and just trust that, you know, if God, if we believe that God is beginning and end Alpha and Omega, time is in his hands, as the great Chris Tomlin says, you know, God can see, God can see it all. Like God can see the day you're asking the prayer just as clear as he can see five days, five years down the road where the prayer is answered. Like he can see it all. So I'm just crazy enough to think that maybe there isn't regret. Maybe we shouldn't have regrets. Like that if we believe we're following God. Now I think where we do regret is when we like, we go rogue. Disobey. Yeah. 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 But it's Purposely like, go man, against what just, we know God's telling us. Like, try to keep discerning what God is saying and then invite a few trusted people who will shoot you straight and that 
like I said, have got a few years on you and that have walked it before that they could be like, dude, I did that. Don't do it. Like, yeah, don't do it. Trust me. Or be like, yeah, let's help you navigate that so that you don't hate your life when you make that move or, yeah, you know, yeah, that's good, man. All right. I've got one final question for you and this is shifting gears. This is shifting gears just a little bit, but so you've been leading worship and writing songs for a long time, right? Yeah. And it seems like just recently, right? In the past like year, like your songs are starting to blow up and you are uh, having a lot more ministry opportunities outside of local church. Yeah, yeah. And what would you tell a worship leader who, who's like maybe looking at you on social media or on this interview yeah. right now and, and thinking and just dreaming, you know, they're like, man, I want to do what Patrick's doing. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did, you know, what would you tell him? How did you get to where you are right now? Oh, buddy. Well, first off, I would say I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I, I daily forget that God is faithful, but time and time again, he reminds me that he's wilder and bigger than my wildest dreams and that he actually likes me. And, um, so those are some, some things, um, man, I I would just say the practical stuff is, is like, just be really faithful wherever you are and, and see the thing right in front of you as your biggest ministry. Literally the greatest spot for you to be is right where you are in the present moment, because that's where you are. Like you're not in the future. You're not in the past, you know, talking about regret. You and the Holy Spirit are are right here in this moment. So you and me talking, Matt, our greatest our greatest thing we got going for us, our greatest sphere of influence is right here in this moment because it's where we physically are. So crush it. Like crush it. Work really hard. Steward it. Don't sleep on it. Like if you want to write songs, write songs, like write them all the time. Like don't stop writing, like write, 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 write and write some more. Like ask God to like show you new layers of who he is. Uh, Ask God to like open your eyes, start going to a counselor. I've been going to a counselor for a long time and it's deepened my life. It's deepened my marriage. It's deepened my ministry. It's deepened my songwriting, my view of God. Um, It's funny, the Enneagram, like I'm a seven digging into the shadow sides of the seven has exposed more about how I view myself and God and people and intimacy than I ever could have imagined. Like, like dive in deep as deep as you can work really hard, write songs for your local church, talk to bill. Who's the general contractor, get to know him, go to breakfast with him, hear about how he struggles, you know, that, he, he doesn't know if God's real. He doesn't know if there's a place for him at the church. Get to know yeah. him, love him, go to donuts with him, and then take those back and be like, well, man, I see a lot of myself in Bill. He struggles with a lot of the same things I struggle. 
I'm going to write a song that Bill could connect with. I'm not going to write this super duper worship song that transcends the heavens that Bill's like, that sounds cool, but I don't know what any of that means. Like write a song for Bill, write a song for your, for yourself. Like, I think those are the songs that God's inviting us into of like, God's in the business of church, church is people. So let's write songs for people. Let's write songs that really meet people right where they are with their doubts and their struggles and their broken relationships and their regrets and their failures and show them how all of those things are welcome in God's kingdom. God doesn't want you to put those away or put them in the closet or clean up. He wants you to bring them all because gosh darn it, he, he calls us his kids and he wants his kids to just come as they are. Like, don't even knock, like, just come on in. Like, here I am. And so write those kind of songs and like read, read scripture, like learn more about who God is, like get in a Bible study, like even a Bible study you don't like, but you're like, what can I learn from this? Or hang out with people that are older than you, that, you know, are, are, you look at that person and you're like, man, I, I, in 15 years, I wish I were, you know, more like that person. Hang out with those people. Like life is the greatest instructor for songwriting. And, you know, I heard John Mark McMillan say, songwriters get to be vulnerable and we get to kind of open the door and say the things that we're all feeling, but we're afraid to say, like, do that, like figure out what the, the vulnerabilities and the things that you feel as a human that you're too afraid to say, I guarantee you everyone in your church feels those, but we've created this culture of, well, if you're a Christian, you've got to like, you kind of got to be on the in club. Like you've got to, you got to be the card carrying Christian. And I think, you know, Jesus, when he came on the scene, he blew it all up. Like the religious stuff of the time he came in and he blew it all up by saying a bunch of stuff like, no, let me actually tell you what it looks like to, to follow God. Um, you know, it's all about loving God and loving people. And so, you know, um, that was the most practical songwriting answer. Um, but I, I think it's real. And I think that's, if, if God is doing, you know, you say my songs are blowing up, I don't know that they are, but if they're connecting with people, it's because I'm, I'm trying to just follow what God has invited me to do. And, and that's all of that, what I just said. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not doing a good job at it. Uh, it's just, I'm trying to be step by step. This yeah. is what I think's in front of me. This is what God's called me to. And the rest is up to God. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to be faithful. I do feel like God has given me a gift and a love for writing songs. And so I want to steward it really well for as long as I can. And that might just be, you know, me and three other people hear those songs. And yeah, but I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. That's, that's God's job. God is my publisher. <laughs> I had to say that to myself one day. I was at a writing camp with some like people I really looked up to. And I felt like when they would pair people up and write, you know, at the beginning of the day, they'd be like, okay, this guy and this guy, you're writing over here, this girl, that guy, you're writing over there. I felt like if they put me in rights with people that I thought were really good, 
then that means they thought I was really good. If they put me in rights with people of like, oh, who's this person? Who's that person? They're nobody. Then I thought that means they didn't think I was good. And that was the caliber of writer I was. And I remember saying, like, God was like, dude, you think that person who's pairing up those rights knows more than I do? Like, I love worship music and the church, the church's songs way more than they do. So you let me be your publisher and I'll take care of it. The room you're in is the room I want you to be in. So the church you're in is the church I want you to be in. Yeah, bro. The songs you're writing is the songs I want you to write. So I'm dumb enough to think that that's actually true. And in the season I'm in right now, writing with the people I'm writing, writing the songs I'm writing, that's the season. That's what God wants me to be yeah. doing. So I'm just going to try to trust it. And I say all this, buddy, like I doubt every five minutes, like this is like, shameless plug i have a song coming out this friday uh that i'm so excited about but i have no idea like yeah it was it was literally like i'm gonna write it uh, it was with some buddies i'm like guys i got this idea for a song i want to lead it at my church tomorrow i think it could be a really fun song let's write it we wrote it it was so fun ended up being like hey let's record it the recording was just like yeah let's just rock it out and and I have no idea what will happen, but it, but you know. So it's coming out this I, Friday. I, yeah, it's called cool. Holy Spirit Come, and awesome. I'm so active about it. Um, awesome. But who knows what will happen? But it's like one little faithful step leads to another little faithful step. Yeah. And then a year of faithful little steps. Who knows where that's going to lead? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Man, Patrick, so. dude, I've honestly loved this catch-up. And I kind of forgot that we were even live right now just because I just feel like I'm hanging out with you again and, and talking. And that's kind of yeah. the, a bonus of doing these. Like, I'm really proud of you. Thankful for you, man. Oh, Thankful thanks, for your dude. heart. And uh, it's awesome to see your ministry Thank flourish you. like it is. And and good way to go, man, for, like, taking a step of courage because it is – it takes courage. And – um but I think God's really blessing what you're doing, and mm. it's evident from my perspective. So, dude, keep that on means a lot. In. And thanks for for being a friend and an encouragement. And you know, I I never uh, will miss an opportunity to just brag on on Loop Community and uh, how the Prime app changed my life. Uh, <laughs> I've told That's this awesome. story so many times, but I, if you're watching this. They didn't tell me to say this, but the yeah. Prime app for tracks will change your life if you are a worship leader yeah. who doesn't want to learn Ableton but wants to like get crazy and, and move things around and have some flexibility in your services. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I discovered the app like a few years ago in a very frustrated spot, and I'll never. I think I text you. Like after I downloaded it and used it, I was like, "Yeah, this is incredible." <laughs> we still use it. We use it at Soul yeah. City to this That's day. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy to hear that. All right, man. Well, Party hopefully on, uh, we'll get to hang out again one of these days. Let me know next time you're in town. Absolutely, man. We'll go eat pizza yeah, together man. and love to. on first date. I'd love to, man. Okay, All right. you guys rock. See you, brother. Thanks for joining us. Adios. All right. 
That's it for this week's Loop Live. We've got a ton of interviews lined up for the future next week. We've got a couple more interviews. We have, we have some previous ones. If you want to go back to our YouTube channel, Facebook, and watch some of those videos. Um, wherever you're watching this from, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, whatever it is that that platform offers. Maybe also write down in the comments what's one thing that you're walking away from this chat with. Patrick shared a lot of really good gold nuggets of wisdom there. And I know that, you know, we kind of got vulnerable and honest. And uh, I think that there's probably a lot of worship leaders, staff people out there, church staff people who are out there feeling that kind of tug, like it's time to make a change or you don't know what that is or how to, how to handle it. So write down in the comments, what's one thing, just one thing that you're going to walk away from this loop live with. We love to know just like how um, this is impacting people. And as always, we're thankful that you're a part of loop community and we will see you next time. See you soon. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments, wherever you're listening, watching from, what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook, and stay tuned for more from Lip Community.